Father God, bless our city. Lord, we ask for your blessing. Protect our city, Lord God. Increase the awareness of you in our city, in our homes, businesses, Lord, government, Lord God, in Jesus' name, in the surrounding area, that 60-plus miles, Lord God, that you said you've given us influence. We ask you to bless, pour out who you are into this area, into our state, into our nation, into the earth. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't that exciting? This was our very first Love Our City, and we're so excited about it. Our plan is to do it uh, twice a year, and our plan is for it to increase to the point uh, we're getting some things going, you know, for our church, but our hopes is to be able to link with other churches and do some mass loving movements upon our city with churches across the area that we can do things together and, and bring an impact that we couldn't do individually, but together we'd be able to do greater things that we could never do before. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Well, I just have a couple things in my heart I want to share with you today, uh, and then um, right after service we'll, we'll give a few moments for people to change and, and what they need to do and, and go into baptism, but uh, you know, with that baptism today, it reminds me of a, a, a story that I heard from uh, Creflo Dollar. Anybody know who Creflo Dollar is? He's a, a, a pastor. I forget where he has his church, actually, but um, <clears throat> he's in Georgia, and uh, he's on television and stuff, too. And I heard a story one time about him baptizing someone that wanted to be baptized, and uh, they went and they got in the water. You know, he, he uh, went through the talking with him and everything, and he, he took him down, and he had somebody helping him, and they dunked the person, and when they brought the person back out, the person was cussing because the water was so cold. <laughs> like, oh, ah. and the helper looked at <laughs> Pastor Kreflin and said, I don't think it took, Pastor. Maybe we should dunk him again. <laughs> well, we got news for you. Our water's warm, so uh, praise the Lord. <laughs> God is good. I just want to share uh, today something God put in my heart recently about, uh, you know, we, we, we go through seasons, we go through different things, different struggles, adversities in life. You know, if, if you live, you're going you're gonna to have struggles, you're going to have adversity, things are going to come against you, you're going to feel weak at times. And that's, that's the benefit and the blessing of having a body, you know, who, that we can love on one another, a church body that we can be there to help one another. Uh, every single one of us. There's not one person in here where you didn't feel weak at one time, and then God, out of His mercy and His grace, sent somebody else to help you lift up your hands or help strengthen your legs, help pick you up, maybe take you to that next spot. Or like I like to, to think it as, sometimes, you know, our batteries just get low, whether it's spiritually, physically, emotionally, and we need someone else who's a little more charged than us at that moment to hook up those cables and to help jumpstart us again so that we can stand on our own two feet in our own faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? So I want to talk to you. If you're taking notes, this would be a quick message. If you're taking notes, the title of this message is Winning, Winning the Day. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. It'll be on the screen. Uh, verse number 24, it says this. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? Those who run in a race, they all run, but only one receives the prize. So run in such a way that you may win. Man, it, this talks about intentionality. I mean, we've got to be intentional. You know, athletes don't put, you know, effort in 
just to do things half-heartedly. They put effort in because they want to win. They get in a race because they want to win, right? If you don't want to win, you just join a walkathon. But if you want to win, you get involved in a race, and they're competitive. I love the competitiveness, and, it, and especially the competitiveness. Like some, A lot of times we'll watch these things on Netflix that are like you know champions. One of the things that we, I forget what it was called recently that we had just watched, but it was like uh, professional trainers that got with people who, who wanted to get strong, and they, you know maybe they felt weak or they needed to lose weight or whatever, and these professional trainers would hook up with them, and they both would compete together. And how that they would compete, and they would, you know, you're competing with somebody else, but at the same time, how they would cheer each other on at the same time. You're, you're my competitor, but I'm, I want to see you go and become stronger too. And, you know, when athletes go out, man, they're running to win. They do it on purpose. And when I think about athletes, I think about three different strengths, uh, strengths that um, athletes give. And one of those is we can see some awesome physical strength. I mean, you see people out there that they go, and this, they're, they're Physically, their bodies, you know, their muscles, whatever, they're just physically strong. And then you have another, another level of, of athleticism is really is that mental strength, where you, maybe your body is breaking down, but you got that mental strength, I'm just going to keep on going. And then what I believe to be the greatest strength of athletes is whenever, whenever you see someone that physically they're almost depleted, mentally, you know, they're at the breaking point, but for something inside of them just tells them to keep going, regardless of what goes on, and that is the heart strength. That's that heart. And they just, man, it just whatever, out of all opposition, they know that today is the day. This is the day of the race. It is this day. I can't give my best tomorrow. I've got to give everything today. This is when it counts. And I want to talk to you about winning the day because... Uh, that heart strength and connecting with God and just learning how to win every single day. Sometimes we look at, you know, the whole battle or the, the whole war and it can get so overwhelming of how, how far we think we've got to go or whatever the Lord has placed before us. And we have to realize that if, if we would just connect with God every single day, if we would just find out what he's doing in that moment, in that day and connect with him, we can win every single day as we're moving forward to winning the battle and winning the war. Amen? There's a scripture in Proverbs chapter 18 that says that the human spirit can endure a sick body, but who can bear a crushed spirit? Now, a lot of times in scripture, spirit and heart are interchangeable. And this word here, uh, you know, a sick body doesn't mean just mean like, you know, someone in a sickness. It also means a weakness and adversity. When you, when you got heart strength, when your heart is connected to the right source, you know, these, a lot of these athletes, when they're out there running and they're doing these things and they know they've got today, they've got something that they're running for. Maybe it's, you know, a, a, a friend or a relative or someone who just impacted their lives so much. They have them in view and they want to give it all just to honor that person. The best person that we can connect our heart with is God the Father. Connecting our heart to Him. And he can help us get us through. So uh, I remember a, a, a story that was told me. is actually a, a real story about uh, someone having uh, open heart surgery. And they had talked about uh, in, this, in this story about, you know, they took the heart. As they were changing the heart out, they put the heart on the table and their other heart was there. And they were both beating, but they were both beating at their own, own beat, kind of not, not together, just beating. 
and, and somehow, you know, on that, uh, that uh, table where they had him out on that tray, they ended up scooting together. And, and the moment that they scooted together, they stopped beating by themselves and individually, and they began to beat together, pulsate together. No longer this one by itself and this one by itself, but they touched hearts, and they began to beat together. And this is what we want. This is what God wants for us. He wants us to be able to connect with Him every day so that our heart will beat with what His heart is beating for. He sees things. He knows things. He wants us to, to function in, in His love. And, you know, you win the day by focusing on what God is doing today, not tomorrow. You know, there's a scripture. It's not saying that we can't, we don't, we don't look for the future and we don't, you know, aim for the future, but it's really not... Our future that we need to be aware of is not just the future in, in the natural, but we always need to have an eternal perspective of things, just not what we're going after naturally. But I can, I can be focused and, and, you know, and look forward to and move in God's direction and, and, and plan for things that are going to come down, down the road, but I have to make sure I'm taking care of what needs to be taken care of today. I can't connect with God in tomorrow while I'm still living in today. I connect with him today. And there's a scripture in Matthew that says, you know, you've heard this scripture before. It says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Jesus went on to say, each day has enough trouble of its own. Someone say, amen. Each day has enough trouble of its own. It says, don't worry about tomorrow. That word worry actually means to be anxious. And it has really, it, the thought of that word anxious is, is uh, through the idea of distraction. Don't be distracted from what God is doing today by the things that are going to possibly happen tomorrow. Now, I love it the way that the Message Bible says it. It says this in Matthew chapter 6, uh, 34. Give your at entire attention to what God is doing right now. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. There's three things in that scripture. Uh, we're to give our entire attention to what God is doing right now. And the best time to do that is whenever you feel like you can't, you feel like it's, it's just that. That's when you're tapping into that heart strength to connect your heart to God. When you feel like you're weak, when you feel like there's adversity coming against you, and you feel like you just can't go on, that is the time to pay attention to what God is doing. And, and according to his promises, so that you can connect with him. The second thing he says in here is, don't get worked up. Come on now. I can say, raise your hand. You get worked up when things don't go your way. We're all going to raise our hand. Don't get worked up. This comes down with that heart connection to God. He wants us to connect with him. Our heart is racing over here by itself, and he wants our heart to connect to his heart so it just gets in that pace. He knows what to do. You know, the scripture, it says, my, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me, everyone who's weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When you think about a yoke, a yoke was there, uh, you, know, um, for the, you know, to keep uh, uh, oxen together whenever they were plowing the field, whenever they were working. And whenever they would take a young ox, and they wanted to train a young ox 
into the, the, to working in the fields and stuff like that, they would place that young ox in a yoke, a two-yoke, uh, or two-man two or two-ox yoke, and there's one ox that is seasoned, it knows the pace of the day. And then no matter, no matter how much or how anxious that little oxen would get trying to go forward or trying to get backwards, he's stuck in that yoke at the pace of the, the seasoned ox. He just keeps on going. He's not deterred. He's trying to go forward until that young ox learns the pace, until he, his heart begins to beat together with the other one. We, sometimes when we're resisting and we're trying to go ahead or we're trying to lag behind, and it feels like we've got that pull in it, and it feels like it's wrapped around us and it's hard to breathe at time. God is just trying to get us into his pace to understand things his way, amen, so that we can win the day. So give your entire attention to God and don't, to what he is doing right now. Don't get all worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you. This is a great practice that when you start to get worked up, and I'm going to pray this prayer right now, and I believe this. You can continue to pray this prayer over yourself. But, Father God, I just believe right now, the next time every single person in here begins to get worked up, Holy Spirit, that you remind them that you are there to help. And you have to choose. When you get worked up, the Holy Spirit is going to remind you because that's how faithful he is, and that's what he does. He's there to remind us of the teachings of Jesus. And when you begin to get worked up, the Holy Spirit's going to go, wait a second, I'm here to help you. Remember what my, my word said? Remember what Pastor Jeff just taught you? Right? And you just begin, wait a second, God, you're here to help me. You're, I'm not alone. Best thing you can do is begin to speak contrary to what those words are saying. You're all alone. Nobody knows. You're weak. You ain't ever going to find strength. No, I've got strength in Jesus. His spirit is here with me right now. God is with me. He's here to help me. I'm going to win. Whatever battle this is today, I'm going to win. I'm going to connect with the Father. And he's the victor. Amen? Hallelujah. So we need a, a fresh correction every day. You know, I really believe this. I, I believe that we would win more battles and retain more strength from today for tomorrow if we would focus connecting our hearts on what God is doing today. A lot of times we wear ourselves out when tomorrow comes. We're so depleted because we spent all day today worried about what was going to happen tomorrow. And then when I get there, I'm so exhausted. Instead of just connecting my heart to God, to his promises, to what he's saying, to what he's doing. The way to win a war is to win more battles. And the way to win more battles is to win more days. The way to win more wars is to win more battles. And the way to win more battles is to win more days. Listen to this. If you don't get anything today, get this. Every day that you connect with God, you win. Every single day that you connect with God, you win. And I want to help you out here because... Sometimes we can, we can think that we've got to, you know, get goosebumps in order to be able to connect with God, or I've got to have a dream, or I've got to see a vision, or, or the words, you know, got to jump out on me, and I begin to shake in the Holy Spirit. I, you know, those things are awesome, and they can happen, and God uses that. But the moment that you turn from where you are and focus on Him, you connect with God, and you're in a winning place right there. You, you're, on, you're on the winning trail. You, you've got the, the you, you know, the, if you've got competition, so to say, it's behind you. You're in front with the breeze of the Holy Spirit blowing upon you. 
The moment you connect with him, the moment you turn to focus your eyes upon him and what he is doing, you're winning. You're winning. The devil is such a liar. He wants us to go to bed at night feeling like we were defeated all day long. And the moment that you turn your face to Jesus, the moment that you say, I need your help, you're connecting with him by faith. God, you know, he wants us to get there. Obviously, we begin to feel those things, but sometimes it's just by faith. You know, righteous man and woman of God, they walk by faith. Faith is not feelings. And if you will believe, everything else will line up. You know, someone once said this. I heard it from a minister. I don't know who it originated from, but he had said this. You'll never be able to feel your way into acting differently. You'll never be able to feel your way into acting differently, but you can act your way into feeling differently. So when you, by faith, begin to believe that the Holy Spirit is there with you, if we don't believe the Holy Spirit is there with, it, with you when you're going through something, then I am opposing the Word of God because He said He would never leave me nor forsake me. It's when I turn my focus on Him and say, You are here regardless if I feel it or not right now. You are with me. I am in the winning lane. I have the advantage. Don't you know as believers we're the children of the living God? We are never at a disadvantage. We are always have the advantage in everything that we're in. Amen? So every day that you connect with God, you win. I, you know that scripture, uh, Matthew 6, 34, you know, give your attention to what he's doing um, each day, you know, has its own thing. The scripture right before that in the Message Bible, I love it the way it says this, very popular scripture. It says, steep your life in God reality, God initiative, and God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. You know, the more popular version of that is, you know, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. He wants us to steep our lives in God reality, the reality the way that God sees, God initiative. He's always there. God always takes the first initiative. God provisions what God has and shall supply for you. Amen. And that's steeping. You know, you think about steep, I always think... Uh, about tea, you know, you get, your, you get your tea or if you got like a French press for your coffee, I like my, ever since I did the French press, I never, I got rid of my coffee makers. French press, just get it in there, let it steep, bam, you know, for a couple years I had friends that would be like, oh, you got to try this, man, it's coffee. I'm like, coffee's coffee, you know, and then I ended up seeing one on sale, just a little single one, little single eight-ouncer. I bought that, the very first cup, I'm like, out with the old, in with the new. <laughs> It's different. Something's different. Something's different when we allow ourselves to steep, to soak in, just to, just to be there in His presence, in His God realities, the things that are real, things that we see with our natural eye are as not as real as the things that we can't see with our natural eye in the spiritual realm. That's where the promises are. We're to steep ourselves in God reality, God initiative, knowing he, man, this is our daddy. He loves us. Even if you had to tell yourself over and over again, you know, I don't know how this is going to come about. I don't know, but I do know this, that God loves me and he's making a way where there is no way. 
If he don't send you a boat and you got to get across the water, then he'll help you walk on water. And if, you, if, if he ain't going to do it that way, then he can split the water. The point is you will get from A to B when you trust Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. So make it your lifelong goal to connect, really connect with the Father every day. You know, this is something that's just been in my, in, going on in me in the last uh, couple months. And, you know, you, you go through things and you wonder, and I'll show you this, this story real quick. No matter where you are, it don't, it don't matter if you're a pastor or who you are or how long you serve the Lord, sometimes you wonder, am I going the right way? Am, am I going the right way? Lord, am I following you? I don't want my way. I don't know about you, but I know Jeff's way. I do not want my way. I want God's way. And it is very hard at times. It's, I don't want to say it's hard. It can be difficult. But it takes more time to discern between your own desires and God's desires. And it takes the maturity of a believer to be willing to go through that process to allow yourself to be sifted by the word of God and corrected at times when it's more of what you want than what God wants. But if you make it your desire to connect with him every single day, and that don't matter if it's even by faith, like I said, or you, you know, you, there's, there's those times, it's not like every time I open the Bible, you, you hear music, you know, oh, it's like, oh, it's going to be a good day. Or you have angelic visitations. I've never been visited by an angel, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop serving Jesus. I've never been taken to heaven yet, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop serving Jesus. Even if that's something that he don't put in my life, even if it's not in his, his will for my life to go to heaven and him to speak to me like so many other people I've read stories and stuff about and I would desire that, but I'm not going to serve him any more or any less if that would happen. I've already given him everything. I'll leave it in his hands. I'm not going to say if you do this, then, then I'll serve you more. No, I want to give him everything because, you know, the greatest thing he showed me in my own life is how much he loves me. I thank God for his love. Amen. But we've got to connect with the Father every single day. And, and just recently, I, probably within the last six months, um, I was just asking, you know, it's, it's always good to do self-evaluation. I'm just like, Lord, am I going the right way? You know, in the ministry, you know, my family, as a father, as a husband, am I going the right way? And it's funny how God, he, he'll say things that only you know to let you know that he knows. And I have to take you back to when I was about 13 years old. Uh, my mom got me a job at the age of 12 at a restaurant. Um, and, uh, you know, this was a family restaurant, and I got to eat the food every night, you know, there. And, and it was one of the ways when she was working, because she worked split shifts and stuff like that. And then she would, if she was working night shifts, she knows I would be safe, I was working, and I would get a meal. And, uh, and every, you know, for the first year, man, of working there, I think I always had, like, this turkey dinner they had was so awesome. Belgian waffle, you know, every, the whole fixings, and everything was just covered in gravy. I was like, oh, and I would just eat that up, and I, I like saucy stuff. Now, this is, it seems funny, you know, you've probably been there, but we had this little nook way out of the way from the kitchen and everything, all by itself, where there was a picnic table, and it was actually hidden. Even if somebody came down the hall, they really couldn't see unless they come right to the, to the picnic table. And I, I got all the gravy and everything off that plate that I could get with my fork and my spoon. And there was still some there. 
So I began to lick that plate. <laughs> I was by myself, and that was good stuff. And one of the times, because the plate was a big plate, one of the times when I brought that plate down, my tongue's still out, there was a waitress standing right there. <laughs> and she goes, is it good? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, I was so embarrassed. Bring you back a couple months ago. I was in my office praying, God, God, am I, am I hearing you right? I want to give you everything. Is there anything hindering me? I want to connect with you, God. I, I, I want to make sure I'm hearing you. You know, Lord, I mean, I, I, different things, and sometimes you wondered, was that, was that God that spoke that? I don't know. And it, you're just kind of weighing things out. And this is what the Lord said to me. You lick my plate. And that took me right, I, I don't even forgot about that. I forgot about licking that plate at 13 years old. But he said, you lick my plate. You're connecting with me. You love me. You're, you're going after me. Man, I pray every single one of us wouldn't leave anything on the plate that God has for us every single day. That we wouldn't be ashamed to lick it all up, even if there is a waitress looking. Bam, that's good. Amen. He wants us to connect with him. I think one of the greatest things, uh, scriptures in the Bible, really showing this connection in the Father's heart to connect. And I'm not going to read this whole thing. I'm just going to tell you the story. It's in Mark chapter 5, if you're taking notes. It's from 20, verse 22 through 30, 39. And there's two stories that interlock themselves together. And uh, this is the story of a synagogue official. His name is Jairus. And then there is a nameless woman whom we know as the woman with the issue of blood. And Jairus comes to uh, Jesus, because he had heard about him, you know, he, that he was healing people. He came, the Bible says that he came and he fell down at Jesus' feet, really imploring him, one version says. Another version says, begging him. He said, please, come to my home and lay your hands on my daughter, because she's at the point of death. If you lay hands on her, I know she'll live. And so Jesus, without hesitation, he begins to walk with Jairus to his house. In the middle of this, there's crowds all around him because Jesus was healing. He, he was, you know, just the life and the power and the love of God was just, you know, exuberant in his, in his body and his, his spirit and his soul. And as he's going there, there was, a, there was a woman, the Bible says, who had an issue of blood. She was bleeding. She had a hemorrhage for 12 years. And I'll read it from the scriptures what it says here. This woman had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. And after hearing about Jesus, she came up into the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, really the literal translation of this is, she was saying to herself, if I just touch his garment, I will be made well. Immediately, the flow of her blood had dried up, and she felt in her body that she had been healed of her affliction. The next scripture. Immediately, Jesus, perceiving in himself that power proceeding from him had gone forth, he turned in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? I mean, wow. To be that in tune with the Holy Spirit... That his body wasn't touched, it was his garment. And there were people pushing up all against him because even his disciples said, wait a second, stop the crowd, Jesus. You just said, who's touching me? 
Look, I mean, how many people push? I got pushed in you like eight times. Okay? Everybody's touching you. But there was a difference. Someone touched him in faith. She said, if I just touched the hem of his garment, I'll be made well. She wasn't looking for Jesus' attention. She knew he had power in him. And her faith, Jesus eventually, you know, as he was questioning who did this, she stood there and she finally confessed and said, it was me. And she told him the whole story of her life and all that had happened. She went to the doctors looking for help. And this is not a knock on doctors because God put doctors in there. He put it in their hearts to become doctors and help. Amen? Come on now. And, uh, but she had spent, and this, this was just an affliction that everything that she had tried, everything that she had done, you know, we get stumped and nothing was able to help her. It actually just continued to get worse. But she heard about Jesus. She heard about faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. She heard so-and-so got healed of this and so-and-so got healed of this. There's probably some like, wow, you know, that, that was a little thing compared to what I'm going through. But wow, I mean, raise the dead and, and, and leprosy, man, if he could do that, then he could take care of what I'm going through. The Bible says she heard. And when, and when she heard, she put something into action. She began to speak in her own heart first. You know, hey. I don't even need to get his attention because she wasn't even supposed to be in the crowd. I don't need to get his attention. If I just touch the hem of his garments, I'll be healed. And she did. She touched the hem of his garment. Immediately she felt in her own body that she was healed. Immediately Jesus felt someone had touched him by faith. That healing anointing had came forth from him and went out. Now this whole time, Jairus is right there with Jesus. They were stopped. They were on his way to see his daughter. Maybe he even got irritated at this because, hey, you know, forget about this right now. She's healed already. We don't need to hear the whole story. We need to get to my daughter. I don't know. But he's right there listening to all this because he's, he's walking with Jesus. He's beside Jesus. And the Bible says this, while they were still speaking, Jesus was still talking with the woman, they came from the house of the synagogue official saying, your daughter has died. Why trouble the, the master anymore? But Jesus, overhearing what they were saying, he said to the synagogue official, do not be afraid any longer. Only believe. Only believe. Here's how you win the day. When things come against you in your weakness, this is how you connect your heart with him. When adversity is coming against you, whatever it is, and the Bible shows us in, in Matthew chapter 7, there's really three things, three things that, in, a, in a way, in categories that can come against us. We have those things that come from above us. They're way beyond us. We got those things like, that's like the rain. We got those things like uh, the winds that come against us, things around us that just come against us. And then we have like the floodwaters that are things that are on the inside, our emotions and our soul just whelming up from the inside. And Jesus said, don't worry about what they're saying. Don't worry about these, these thoughts that are coming towards you, what people are saying. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Stay connected with me. Stay connected with me because I'll get you through. There's a scripture in Psalms 27. I, I love this scripture. It says uh, David had, was crying out and saying, I would have despaired or I would have lost heart or I would have... I would have fainted, would have weakened me, would have been discouraged 
if I had not believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living, right here, right now, today, today. The greatest thing you can do to connect with God today, to get your heart, to touch Him, to be touched by Him. He wants you to touch Him. He wants to touch you. It's just not always Jesus touching you. He wants you to touch Him. He longs for your connection. Amen? Best thing you can do, number one, and how to win the day is believe in Him. Believe what the Word of God says about who He is. Believe the Word of God. Choose to, you have to consider it yourself. You've got to consider the Word of God the final authority in your life. It don't matter what you're thinking. It don't matter what anybody else feels about it. You've got to make that decision yourself. This is part of coming to maturity. There, when you're a baby in Christ, you can hang on to other people's faith. But as you begin to grow, you have to stand on your own faith. That doesn't mean you can't be helped by other people. But this is coming to, into adulthood. This is coming to be mature in the things of the Spirit. Where I choose to believe what the Word of God says. Amen? The second thing is that we have to learn to trust in Him. We've got to trust in Him. It's one thing to say that you believe. It's another thing to trust Him. Because when you choose to trust Him, you're going against anything that would come against your mind. You're, coming, you're going against your own understanding, your own feelings. And maybe you've been there before. I've, I've been there where, where things were so desperate. It felt like everything was against you. And it, just, it seems like even trying to believe by faith was so hard because the reality of everything else around seems so real. But if you choose, sometimes we're just like that young ox. We're pulling ahead or we're, we're lagging behind. When we get into that pace with the Lord and our hearts get synced with Him, we begin to beat with Him. Everything comes back in line. We see what God is doing today. We're taking a hold of what He has for us today. We're winning today. Amen? Proverbs, last scripture, and I'll close. Proverbs 3, 5, 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. There's a couple things in this scripture. Words, trust in the Lord with all of our heart, with everything. We are not to lean upon our own intellect. We're not to lean upon... Uh, thinking that we have, we, we, we know everything. You, you've got to be a student of the Word at all times. Even the revelation that you've got about God right now, He can expand that revelation. He can expound on what you've, He's already taught you. It don't, it don't take away from what He's taught you, but He can deepen what you've been taught to bring you greater clarity and greater understanding. And God is a progressive God, so He builds upon things. There are certain revelations you've got to have in order to be able to get other revelations. There's a foundation there that he's building upon. And God wants us to trust in him with everything, not relying on our own experiences and things that we thought or what other people said. We're trusting in him, trusting in, in his word. He says, in all your ways, which is your manner of life, your actions, uh, even one of the definitions of that word ways is your conversation. Isn't that ironic? Your conversation. The woman said in herself, if I just touch... She believed in her heart. She began to confess to herself. In all your ways, acknowledge him. That word acknowledge is one of the most intimate 
words in Scripture. It's that word yada, which means to know. It's an experiential knowledge. It's not just a head knowledge. It's that you have experienced God. In all your ways, know Him in that situation. Become one with Him uh, in that situation so you can receive what He has for you. And it says that He'll make your paths straight. That, that path straight doesn't mean just if it's crooked, He makes it straight. It's also, if, if, he, if it's crooked, he'll make it straight, but he'll also make it level. Not just straight, but he'll make it level. He'll make it easier for you. He'll fill in the gaps, the things that you, that you need in your life. So you have to believe. You want to win the day? You've got to believe in him. Number two, you've got to trust in him. And number three, you've got to know him. He wants you to know him. This is what it's all about. Every, every revelation that God gives you is for the ultimate goal is to lead you to know him more and i really believe this and some people may struggle with this but i believe in every situation let's see you're going through a financial situation right now what you need is not more finances what you need is a revelation of god as your provider in healing it's not just i just need a disease to be gone what i need is a revelation of jesus as my healer. This is why Paul prayed and said, I pray that you would come to a greater understanding and revelation and knowledge of who he is. Because when you know who he is and you become intimately acquainted with who he is, the provision, the healing, the, the, the freedom, whatever it is, it all comes out of who he is. You've got to believe him. You've got to trust him. You've got to know him. Amen. That's how we win the day. Let's stand up if you would.